It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts. Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back in a Bud Light Blue Friday at the Mucky Duck. We've got people throwing right now for those Chiefs Colts tickets. Got other stuff we've been giving away all afternoon long. Thank you guys all for joining us, too. Devin's the onside engineer. Kyle Udemark's back at the station. Next hour, all about the Colts and that matchup with the Texans coming up on Sunday. Now, before we get to everything involved in this, I want to get back to Kyle, who's back at the station. So we were and ran out of time. Uh, we were in the midst of talking about our predictions this year. So offensive player of the year is what you ask, right? As we left? Yeah, I did. You went with – I was originally thinking about Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, uh, but I guess he's off the table. Why? Because I took him. That's who I'm taking. Yeah. So I'm going to take Devontae Adams of the Raiders as the offensive player of the year. How about that? So then who do you have for a comeback player of the year? Um, I didn't know we were going there, were we? <laughs> I couldn't think of – does Derrick Henry really – I guess he probably is the front runner, I would imagine. But there's, there wasn't a lot of big-name injury guys. Christian McCaffrey, I guess. I actually put yeah, Julian I, Blackman. I think he could have a huge bounce back here. Yeah, somebody just hold it out there. I, I would probably go – I would probably go with, with one of the running backs there. Uh, yeah, either you're talking because they're going to get all the notoriety. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday with Christian McCaffrey, you know, being on the injury report, you saw where the line moved as far as, you know, the Browns and the Panthers were concerned in that week one matchup with Baker Mayfield. Uh, there's your comeback player of the year right there. It won't be considered that and he won't get it, but it's funny to think about. So probably McCaffrey or Henry regarding that um, Super Bowl predictions. What do you got? So the AFC game, I kind of went shock. I went Chiefs Bills. NFC, I went Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then a surprise, I'm actually going Minnesota Vikings. I'm a, I'm a non-believer in the Vikings. Um, I'm a believer in Jefferson. I, I guess what it comes down to is how much more you can get with the Vikings, especially on the defensive side you're going to get um, this season because Jefferson is certainly legit. You know, think about the offensive player of the year as well. I brought up Jamar Chase. Uh, you obviously like Joe Burrow for the MVP. Uh, and obviously, if he's MVP, Jamar Chase is going to have a great deal to do with that on the other end of it, too. I um, Watching the Bills last night, and I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, it just seems like that most of the time in the NFL, you kind of get this rite of passage. I, and you saw the Bills as dumbfounded as possible a year ago, seeing how things ended for them. Their season ended in the postseason. It looks like that they're loaded up and ready to go, and really on both sides of the football. So your AFC rep will be the Bills. Now, the NFC is a little bit more of a challenge, and here's why. Because most people are going to say, all right, if you say Green Bay, it's all because of Aaron Rodgers, and really it's not. I think with Green Bay, it's going to be a little bit more about what their defense is able to do. And certainly the NFC is incredibly wide open. And you mentioned a surprise coming out of the NFC North being the Vikings. Um, a lot of people would say, well, you know, Green Bay, Green Bay is probably going to be my rep in the Super Bowl along with the Bills. I think that people have quickly kind of written off the Buccaneers and in kind of uh, a season kind of within the NFC where it looks like it's an incredible jump ball. 
I think that plays to the level in which you see a lot of things in Tampa right now. You know, some of the uncertainty people believe in Tom Brady with what he has gone through, why he had to step away from the game during training camp. The uncertainty that people believe with Todd Bowles, you know, being the new head coach and Bruce Arians stepping away. They still loaded. They are still loaded offensively. And I, I guess more so than me than anything else with the Buccaneers is what they're going to be able to do on the interior of that offensive line that has been incredibly dinged up. And we saw that firsthand back in the preseason game three against the Colts. So I would probably go Packers over the Buccaneers. Bills, Packers would be the Super Bowl for me. And another team I think is an outlier here is going to be Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. You know, that's another guy, if you were going to go for an MVP um, that can put together a season like that. And they've got a couple of, you know, defensive MVP type of caliber dudes as well. Defensively, it can play a significant role. So I don't think a lot of people are thinking about the Chargers right now. That would be another one. I know some people brought Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. I just don't know if I completely buy into him, yes. But what he has around him, maybe not so much in Denver. And plus... You're, you're in the AFC West, which is a battle. To me, I would watch what they're doing in Vegas. Because I mentioned Devontae Adams as the offensive player of the year. And if he's having that type of season, you're going to see maybe Derek Carr with Josh McDaniels be take, taken to a different level. So that would be an outlier for me also in the AFC would be the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you think? Anything you want to add before we hit to this conversation with Frank Reich? Just what you're talking about there with uh, the Broncos, I think they are a little bit overhyped. I have them finishing fourth in that division. I think yeah. I think you could see three of those other AFC West teams make the playoffs. All right, there you go. Uh, Colts happy hour just underway with our official predictions here. It's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment count. Let's get to it right now. It's week one. Colts on the road in Houston coming up on Sunday. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and his weekly conversation with Frank Reich. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. It's now time for the head coach's report with head coach Frank Reich. And coach, it's here, the regular season. This will be your 29th regular season opener, either as a player or a coach. What, what kind of emotions do you still get right before the regular season starts? There's nothing like it. I mean, walking down that tunnel out onto the field, certainly a transition from playing to coaching. But the excitement, the game is it's the greatest game, right? It's the greatest game in America. So looking forward to the opportunity and it's doing it with the guys, the players, the coaches. That's what makes it fun. Where do you think the locker room is emotionally going into this game? A lot of time on task. We'll talk about that more in just a little bit, but they've been chomping at the bit between the offseason workout program, training camp, preseason. Where are they at in terms of just sort of busting at the seams ready to play a regular season game? I think the guys are ready. You know, I mean, we got pros, they're mature, they understand understand you know forget the hype mm -hmm. you know what I mean let's just prepare let's get ready let's play good football let's be together yeah time on task again the offseason workout program all 53 guys practiced this week I know you ruled out Shaquille Leonard but you're a very healthy football team going into this game and you had a lot of players play the entire training camp portion how beneficial was that going into this season yeah I feel like we're healthy you know besides the few injuries that we have and obviously you know not having Shaq is a big deal. Uh, 
um, along with the other uh, two other significant injuries that we've had, but feel great about the health of our team, the progress of our team, the quality of play, execution that mm -hmm. we've had in, in preseason and throughout the whole year, you know throughout the whole off season. So right. I feel like we're ready to go. Outside of just X's and O's and and schematics and playing football, how has Matt Ryan made this locker room better? How does he make players around him better? I think it's everything. I think it's we say everything matters and that he, he embodies that, you know, meetings, practice, every rep, you know, in the locker room. He's the ultimate pro. Mm -hmm. um, his focus and intensity is so great all the time. I just think it carries over. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, he's the only guy that didn't see any run in the preseason. What's his level of excitement and eagerness to get back on the field and pick up where he left off last season? Uh, you know, I mean, I think he's really excited. And, you know, as we all know and love JT, it's it's not just so he can gain yards. He wants to help the team and um, and and be out there with his guys and the o, especially the O line running behind those guys, making things happen, doing his thing. He's looked tremendous in training camp. Um, you know, even though he hasn't gone live, there's been plenty of opportunities to see yeah. how special he is. Yeah. Again, no Shaquille Leonard in this game. What's your level of confidence with Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed and Bobby Okereke to? play at a high level like those guys have done in the past when you haven't had 53 out there very very high level of confidence Zaire's an ultimate pro he's um he's a tough player he's an incredibly smart player all those linebackers are super close you know Shaq's been involved in a lot with those guys so that there's a close-knit bond but I have a real a lot of confidence in yeah. in Zaire Bobby and and uh and EJ obviously the Texans are coming off a, a very disappointing season for them they were four and 13 last year but a new head coach in Lovey Smith and he's coached a, a lot of time in this league what are the hallmarks of a Lovey Smith head coached football team discipline play hard and their defense takes the ball away everywhere yeah. lovey's been they take the ball away um a lot of interceptions good at causing fumbles um you know they play disciplined hard-nosed defense so he'll he'll uh he'll bring calm and strong leadership to the organization those guys will be ready to go looking at their roster what what areas are they upgraded in compared to last year well, I mean, they revamped the, you know, the secondary a little bit um, up front on defense. They brought in a couple defensive ends, you know, and bringing in Jerry Hughes and yeah. Matt, you know, and uh, Madison. Um, so, and they were already they got two good defensive tackles, so they're pretty good at rushing the passer. Um, secondary has improved. Um, so it'll be a good test for us on defense. And then, you know, Davis Mills is going into his second year. He's, you know, he's been a very positive, you know, all signs are pointed up, mm -hmm. arrows are pointed up for him. So it'll be a good challenge for our defense. Yeah, and that offense now is orchestrated by Pep Hamilton. He's coached in the league, but it's been a while since he's been an offensive coordinator. Gus Bradley is now the defensive coordinator for the Colts. So it's guys that have coached in this league, but new stops with new teams in game number one. Is the edge for either unit? it just sort of out with the wash because of the newness because it's the first game yeah I mean there's always a little bit of an unknown you know when you get a new guy coordinating right but I, I just think it's go out and play your go out and play your schemes go out and play the call play with and use your instincts and playmaking ability to 
you know, to, to make the plays needed. What are you telling your team in terms of what to expect atmosphere-wise? NRG Stadium is a tough place to play. That fan base really dislikes the Colts. It's week one. It's a 9-11 game. What are you telling the team in terms of what to expect from the crowd and the energy of game one? It's opening week in the NFL. Everybody's excitement level is very high right now. And, you know, I've been in that stadium before when – um, it was about as loud as I've heard anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we practice in crowd noise for the last two weeks. You know, I think we should be ready for that. But there will be a lot of excitement um, there. and It'll be a great atmosphere. I think our guys are looking forward to it. All right. Lastly, Coach, always like to ask you your keys of the game, areas you have to win to win the football game. Well, like you said earlier, I mean, we, 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 got, we can't turn the ball over. we got to win the turnover battle against this team. That's going to be really important. Yeah. They're going to want to come out and establish the run. we got to be good on run defense, limit the big plays. You know, and then offensively, you know, that's we want the balance. We want dynamic balance in the run and pass game. And then in special teams, you know, we need to, when we got scoring opportunities, we need to convert. And then, you know, let's get our return game going. You know, we got some really good returners. Um, so excited about what we can do there. That's head coach Frank Reich on the head coach's report before the Colts take on the Texans in game number one. Coach, as always, really appreciate the time and best of luck. Thanks, Matt. So Matt Taylor, Frank Reich right there on Colts Happy Hour. Centerport Energy is a proud sponsor of the 2022 Coach of the Week program. This week's Coach of the Week is John Barron of John Glenn High School after his Falcons improved to 3-0 on the season for the first time since 1990. You're going to learn more about this program. Just visit Colts.com slash high school football today. On the other side, Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor give you a season blueprint Something you can't miss coming up. Mucky Duck, we're on the south side, right? The legendary Mucky Duck on the back deck. Bud Light Blue Friday. Chiefs Colts tickets were given away. This is the first of many this season. Bud Light Blue Fridays. We're with you on Colts Happy Hour. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Colts Happy Hour is live from the Mucky Duck. Thank you for joining us. It's been a fantastic day here. Shout out to Todd Johnson. I didn't see him, but it is always a great deal of fun and a great honor to come down here and hang out with our folks here at the Mucky Duck on the south side, 65 and Southport Road. Hey, remember, too, just beyond what we're doing today and then in tonight, this is a great place to watch sports. And they have the absolute best outdoor. The back deck is unmatched anywhere. Southport and 65. Actually, McFarland is right over here as well. Easy to find. It is the Mucky Duck, and I want to give a shout-out to our friend Todd Johnson, who owns it. Again, I don't think he was able to stop in, but is always one of our favorite stops as far as the uh, Bud Light Blue Fridays are concerned. Thank you very much for that. The Colts Audio Network includes podcasts, radio shows, player interviews, available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you can download those podcasts. You can also listen to it, SiriusXM mobile app, just by searching the Colts. Listen to exclusive Colts radio and audio content on demand. Hey, do it whenever you want to do it. Colts listening on your schedule with the Colts Audio Network 
today. Meantime, top of the hour, we've got a little high school football. Week number four for you, Avon and Brownsburg. We'll get to that. Brendan King, Jim Leisure coming up at the top of the hour. But right now, Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi, a part of that Colts radio network, going to give you a bit of a blueprint on the matchup at the start of the year that has the Colts down in Houston coming up on Sunday. Matt? All right, many thanks, JMV. Let's break down the blueprints for Colts' success on Sunday. It's time for Inside Football with Rick Venturi here on the Colts Happy Hour. Rick, let's begin with the Colts' defensive blueprint when the Texans have the ball. Houston put up just 16 a game last season, second to last in the NFL, but now they're guided by former Colts offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton. He's now in charge of the offense. Dead last in the NFL last year in rushing, but now they have rookie Damian Pierce as their primary running back. He was drafted in the fourth round out of Florida. They're getting some offensive linemen back in the fold this year, mainly Laramie Tunsil. He's at left tackle. Titus Howard is at right tackle. On the outside, they rely heavily on Brandon Cooks. He went over 1,000 yards for the sixth straight season last year. At quarterback, it's year two for Davis Mills. He had a 102 passer rating in the last five games of the season last year, so he closed out strong, but he did not fare well against the Colts last year. In two meetings, he threw three picks against the Indy defense and was sacked six times. So what are the defensive musts for the Colts to win against the Texans' offense this weekend? Yeah, well, I'm going to say the very first thing that we have to do is we really have to control the line of scrimmage. Our defensive line has to basically create a new line of scrimmage by being up in their backfield. One thing that Pierce really does, and I've watched every snap of his summer play, is he is a ripper, Matt. I mean, he will take that ball downhill right now. I mean, he he is really a B-gap or a you know, C-gap to C-gap runner, cut it back, rip it, and they would love nothing better than to try to win that first down, take pressure off Mills, make the play-action game go what they like, and if they can do that running and, you know, you know even out the time of possession – that's going to be a solution. And, you know, Burkhead is pretty good, too. Burkhead plays on third down for him. He's the guy that comes in on third down and is the pass receiver, pass blocker. But both of those guys, I mean, both of them, they run possessed, trust me. And so you, you, don't, you don't want to arm tackle them. Now you want to be able to control that line of scrimmage and, and again, control first down. You know, don't let them control clock and don't let them take pressure off mills. I think number two, uh, and I think that they've expanded their receiving core. Uh, I think Collins is really coming, and they made a great effort to isolate him and get him throws, and I think he's solid, but I think he's a guy you can play. I think you can bump and run him. you got to play him on the 50-50 ball. you got to jam him and smother him. I think Moore's a solid slot. But at the end of the day, my second must is – at crunch time, they're going to go to they're they're going to go to Cooks. I mean, they're they're going to try to get the ball to Cooks. There's no question about it. He did catch nine in that first game against us. The second game, he did nothing. But he is a very very solid guy. Watch him in a Jacksonville game in December. And so I think that you you definitely when it matters, he's going to be there. And I think that you have to have a plan in crunch time for Cooks because they'll move him around. Where he ever, wherever he lines up, it's going to be significant. And Pep loves that what I call three-by-one sets. 
And, you know, sometimes he's at X, the weak side. Sometimes he's at, you know, in the middle of that trips. But have a really good idea and always have a plan for crunch time for, for, for Crooks. No question about that. Now, I think number three, you want to set the edge on Mills early because they're going to come out and they're going to try to boot us to death. I mean, there's there's vulnerabilities last year on tape. There's vulnerabilities this summer in our preseason games. I mean, they see it. It's obvious. Everybody in the league sees it. And so I think right off the bat, we want to set the edge on him, even if we bring a little perimeter pressure with our nickel, you know, with our sandbacker, sometimes five early in the game to both stop the run and stop the perimeter pass. I think you want to discourage it. It's not that you always get outside of a bootleg pass, but you want to be, you want to be disciplined away from the run and be able to skim back up and at least get into quarterback's hips so his shoulders are turned to the they're turned to the sidelines and he doesn't have that open feeling and that open feeling of space. And and I think that's important. And then I think as the game goes on, set the edge on mills and where you want to rush him is inside. You know, I think, I think they have vulnerabilities. Uh, You know, I, I, you know, basically at left guard, it's, it's either going to be McCray or the rookie green. And both of those are going to struggle one from inexperience and one just from a talent standpoint. I think Britt is really average at center, and I think that Can is a much better run blocker at right guard than he is pass protector. Now, I like Howard at right tackle, and I like Tunsil at left tackle. It's not that you're going to give up on them, but that's their strength. When you really want to get after them, set the edge and run movement stuff, be it blitzes or line stunts, and get after that inside three and, uh, and force – you know, and, and, and force him to have problems. And then number four, you know, along with this, I think the final part of this, like we did a year ago, play sticky coverage, pressure him, close the windows tight. Don't give him open windows, and I believe he will force it. I've seen him do a lot of really good things. The way I describe Mills is he's good at everything, but he isn't great at anything. And so I think if you can affect him, you can affect him. You get tight coverage in there. Um, I think that he will turn it over. We saw that last year, and a couple of them were just bad decisions. So, you know, now he was a rookie, so you're going to have to be better yeah. at it. Yeah. But, you, again, you want to win first down. You want to get him in those half-two situations where we can rush him, and then we need to take it away, which obviously continues to be our specialty. Rick Venturi right there. This is Inside Football with the Blueprints. Let's switch over to the offensive blueprint for the Colts and examine the Texans on defense. Last year, Houston gave up nearly 27 a game. They were second to last in rushing yards allowed and and also in total yards allowed. They only held three opponents to under 100 yards rushing all season. Jonathan Taylor ran for a combined 288 in two matchups against the Texans. Despite the bad numbers, they've got playmakers on that side of the ball uh, featuring two really good linebackers, Camus Grugier-Hill, Christian Kirksey. Both those guys had over 90 tackles last season. They drafted two members of the secondary, Jalen Petrie in the second round, Derek Stingley at corner. Uh, He's the third overall pick out of LSU. And then up front, Jonathan Grenard. He's an up-and-coming pass rusher, eight sacks last season. And then the former Colts and the uh, former Buffalo Bill is there, Jerry Hughes, 
a Houston native, but this is a unit that's still overseen by Lovey Smith. He doubles as the head coach and the defensive coordinator, Rick. So what are your musts for the Colts' offense to take advantage of the Texans on defense going into game one? Yeah, and I think you have to kind of study Lovey where he was when we played him in game one and where they ended up in game 17 and where they are this summer. I've seen uh, an evolution there uh, in coverage. When we played them early, particularly in the, fa- in the first game, uh, between scheme and lack of talent, they were just an accident waiting to happen. If you remember, we got big play after big play, whether it was the, you know, the, the big play down the middle to Campbell. Uh, we got big passes on them. We got huge runs to Taylor. Yeah. Their perimeter tackling was awful. Uh, they were oversimple. You knew exactly what they were in all the time. So, But as the season went on, I saw him do things that he hasn't done before, and I think it's made them better along with their acquisitions that we talked about, their player, and that you just talked about, player acquisitions. But, you know, they're playing a little bit more pressure on first down, usually a single high type of thing. But what they've changed a little bit is their Tampa, too, which Lovey was there in the glory days of Tampa, so he knows that defense as well as anyone. But they have matched it a lot more. They play it a lot tighter now. It's not they don't give you those open, uncover zones like they did at one time. And then the other thing that he's really involved to, and this is totally different for him, playing a lot more quarters, Matt, four cross, and a lot of underneath hard matchup where they really hard match receivers coming in and I think from that standpoint, schematically, it, you, you have to work harder now. You're not going to get the gimmies and the, and the uncovered guys like you used to. And you mentioned the acquisitions just starting in the secondary. I mean, as I said before, Nelson is a very solid corner. Stingley was a lottery pick. Um, Petrie is just an outstanding. He's looked outstanding. He, he looks like Cross on our team. I mean, they look like two of the best young safeties to come up in years, and they're going to be dueling one another in this opening game. And then, you know, picking up some edge guys, uh, you know, bringing in a veteran I think helps them like Hughes. And so, I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot better. And as, as I said, with, with Lovey Smith, you're, you're going to have a team that is sound, and they're going to play with vision and great effort, and you see that this summer. And I think maybe his influence at head coach is even more and they will get turnovers. They they do get turnovers. They're like we've been around here, play a lot of vision zone, and when you play a lot of vision zone, you tend to get them. But from a must standpoint, <clears throat> I would say, number one, we have to do exactly what we can't let them do on first down. We have to pound their front four. I think their front four is more athletic, and even all those rush guys on the edge, they're much more rush guys and athletic guys than they are physical, you know, big stub type players. I mean, I think you can you can get after them. I, I think you want to run. They're, they're almost in a 4-3 all the time over. You want to run in that weak side bubble and pound it and pound it and pound it, but expect them to move. Now, what they do a lot, like Eberfluss did here, a lot of jamming with the linemen, a lot of what we call pirates bringing the ends and tackles down, They'll try to shut off the inside run, so you've got to be able to take what is designed as an inside run, and you have to be ready to bounce it. But I think it's really important you anticipate that movement, but you have to dominate first down. 
and you have to establish the run. And basically, you said it too, that, you, you know, Gruze Hill and Kirksey are really good stack linebackers. I mean, they go to the ball. So you got to get that second-level block. That's Petrie, <laughs> that's Gruze Hill, and that's Kirksey. Those are three good players. But again, you got to win first down on both sides of the ball. Number two, okay, I think you have to attack their deep perimeter four. And the way you do that is with play action, and this is where I think Matt Ryan has to come into the picture now because they're going to commit. They're going to commit seven or eight to the run, and they go hard. I mean, Lovey has them going hard. So if you give them a hard run fake, you're going you're gonna to suck up seven guys. And we did this last year a lot. Now, they're better in the secondary, but they're going to be naked. And what you're going to do, you want to work downfield deep on the over routes, on the crossing routes, deep field routes on the corners. I, I, Stingley's a rookie. I'm still going after him. But they, what happens is there becomes big separation between their front because of the run suck. And then those guys are kind of isolated, big areas, layers of the field in that second level. And so I think, you know, you can get the big plays because they're going to fly to the ball. Now, number three, and if you if you do number one and number two, you won't have to worry so much about three. The more that you control first and second down and keep them out of rush downs, where their strength is now is on the edges. I mean, these guys can rush the passer. You you know, as you said, Greenert, he was their leading guy with with eight sacks last year. Uh, Jerry has 58 career. Addison has 67. And the young kid, Rashad Green, can go. So, again, number three is if you get behind an account, you got to protect the edges because they have good guys. And then, you know, uh, Desmond King is a very, very good nickel. He's not a good outside corner, but he's a good nickel. And they'll bring him off the strong side, and then they'll bring Petrie off the weak side. So, again, protection, I've been talking about that all summer, both on the edges and on the blitzes. We have to be absolutely flawless on that stuff. And how do you help yourself? By running in play action and staying out of that third and long. And I think at the end, you know, the way you beat these guys, I think you have to create big plays, explosive passes, like I said before, and runs will break their back. And I don't think they're a good perimeter tackling team if you get guys out in space, ball in hand, a Pittman, a Hines, uh, obviously JT. If you get guys in their perimeter, I've never felt like they tackle. They didn't. They're a little bit better now, but I still don't think they tackle well. And then at the end of the day, ball security. Hang on to the football. Treasure that football. The only way their defensive survives in the long run is with turnovers. So hang on to that stuff and, and, and hang on to that football and win the game. There it is. Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor right there, part of the Colts Radio Network with us on Colts Happy Hour with 93.5, 107.5 The Fan, brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, a proud sports betting partner of your Indianapolis Colts. We're still throwing the football here. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday. We are on the lake, south side, 65 and Southport. This is the Mucky Duck on a Bud Light Blue Friday. More to come, including a guy that would figure to be relatively large in the offensive scheme of things for the Colts this season. 
That would be Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines joins coming up on the other side. Again, if you missed it today, no Shaquille Leonard. He has been ruled out for that uh, Sunday matchup, that opener on the road in Houston. And again, as I mentioned, too, they want to get him as healthy and as ready to go as possible so he didn't have to go through an injury-riddled season, hopefully, as he started with and then ended with a year ago. So that had been their focus the entirety of the time. But no Shaquille Leonard coming up on Sunday. We got high school football top of the hour. Brendan King and Jim Leisure has Avon and Brownsburg. That is the high school football game of the week brought to you by CarX. More to come on Colts Happy Hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment count. Form Credit Union Question of the Week. Lovey Smith is the fifth head coach in Texans history. Can you name the other four? Somebody give that a shot right now. Name the other four former now Texans head coaches. Visit the Fan Forum Credit Union. Check that. Visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Hey, what you can do is get involved in Colts conversation there. Just have a lot of fun, interact with fans and more. Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. All right, we'll come up with that answer with you in just a minute. Meantime, we're out on the back deck, if you will, the back patio section. We're at the Monkey Duck on a Bud Light Blue Friday, the first of many fantastic Fridays here with this show this year. Meantime, got the opener on the road in Houston coming up on Sunday. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Quick conversation right here with somebody that figures to be large productivity-wise in the grand scheme of this Colts offense this season. It's Naheem Hines. Matt? What's your excitement level? I mean, how do you explain eagerness that you have for this game, waiting all offseason for it? Like you said, we waited all offseason. So, uh, you know, it's football. It's a game I love and a lot of other guys in this locker room love. And, uh, you know, we've been having all these things, OTAs, training camp, to get ready for this moment. This is the moment we all live for. You know, we love training camp and all, but we're really, really, really excited to go out there and play some games. Can you put into words just how, how much further along you are this year as an offense with the spring, with a healthy quarterback in training camp? Those are things you didn't have last year. Yeah, we're further along. I think uh, it's not even really just the injuries at quarterback or anything, too. But also, it, also it's our fifth year in the system. Each year we come back, uh, we go, we dive a little bit uh, further into it. And, uh, and honestly, I feel bad for the rookies and newer guys here because it, we're just fur- way further along than I was when I first got here. And uh, that just goes with, uh, you know, a coach being here, 50, our fifth year, our play caller and the offense coordinator and everybody being here familiar with the system. So uh, we're much farther along. We've got a great quarterback, and uh, we're really ready and excited to go out there and execute. Hey, you talk about the core of this team. It's been together for a long time. I mean, JT. He's going into year three. You're going into year five. You know, some of these other guys, Michael Pittman Jr., year three. Paris is back. You, you've got to have a healthy confidence about you going into this season. Yeah, uh, the sky is the limit. And, uh, you know, we have a window of opportunity. You know, our team's been together for a while, so we got to make the most of it. You know, teams don't stay together long, so uh, especially offense or defense. So, you know, we're going to make the most of it. We don't know when that time comes and we'll all be apart. But, uh for, you know, the next few years, it looks really good for us. The future's bright. You know, with Matt at quarterback, I think we can, he can take us wherever we want to go. What are your overall observations of this Texans defense? Kind of the same defense, but a little bit different. Changes some things up scheme-wise and some new players over there, too. Yeah, they got some great new players in the secondary. Uh, obviously, Stingy, Stingley's a great guy. Watched him in college, and they have, they have, they've gotten better in the secondary. Uh, really, other than that, outside secondary, they're a very, very athletic team. They're, uh, they're linebackers that go downhill. They're rarely reactive, very extinctive. They have really good pass rushers. And uh, 
like I said, they have a really, really athletic team. So, you know, we got to make sure we trust our fundamentals because it's an athletic team. You know how it is when you have athletic guys. They're hard to control, so we got to make sure we trust our fundamentals and technique. Athletic guy, too. For those that don't know, what's a normal day like for you in practice, in meetings? Because you're having to know two different positions now, wide receiver and running back. Uh, normal day is a lot of thinking and a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, catch some punts in there. But uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, – Really, for me, just uh, it's really just going in there, and uh, every every day for me is a, a day where I have to focus because uh, I don't know where I'm at, and based on the play, I could be two or three different spots. So really, just uh, going out there and focusing, and then after that, going out on the field, applying that, and uh, getting my conditioning in because I've been running a lot. What are you expecting on Sunday in terms of energy? Right, I mean, I know they're coming off a a four and thirteen season, but that's a really difficult place to play. It's going to be sold out, right? It's uh, it it's a, it's. Sold out. I, I would think that it is. I mean, given the fact that it's week one and optimism, and you know that fan base, they love to hate the Colts. What are you expecting coming up on Sunday? It's a divisional game. I'm expecting a hostile environment. It's week one. Everybody's excited for football. And uh, NRG is a great place to play. It's a great stadium, great app, great uh, you know venue. So uh, I'm expecting them to bring the bring the heat. And uh, you know it's Texas. You know Texas is it's the South. They love their football. So I'm expecting them to come down there and hit us. I mean, I, I remember talking to you. You probably don't remember this, but I remember talking to you uh, your rookie season going into the playoffs. And you had back then incredible perspective. You said not every year, you know, do you make the playoffs? Everybody would like to get in the playoffs, and you don't know how long your career is going to go and if you're ever going to get back. With that said. Missing the playoffs last year and, and having the wisdom that you did even back then four years ago, I mean, how much motivation is that giving you going into this season? Very motivating. It's funny you even bring up what I said four years ago because that's the last time I won a playoff game and it was there. So uh, <laughs> that was four years ago. So uh, I think just with the perspective and just, uh, you know, like saying that four years ago and really seeing how things have worked out the past four years have been very interesting. But uh, it's very motivating because, you know, we've had teams and we can see it. So, uh we have every year we've had a roster to do what we were supposed to do, and some years we didn't do it. So uh, this year just makes you more motivated to go out there and make sure you do everything on your part to make sure you're not the reason we don't reach our goals because we look at, we're looking at this team right now just like we looked at other teams, and uh, we have a playoff. We have a, we have a, we have a team that can win the championship. We have a team that can win the Super Bowl. We have a team that can win playoff games. But what are we going to do? to make sure that we solidify ourselves as one of those teams who make it to the playoffs as opposed to one of those two teams who didn't. And that's what we're really working on. What are you getting from Matt Ryan this week? I mean, it was talked about that the pressure that he may or may not feel coming over from a new system, new team for the first time in 14 years. How can you kind of help him ease that pressure if he, if he is indeed feeling that going into this game? Well, I'm about to say, if he's feeling pressure, I mean, I guess I see why we call him Matty Ice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's, real, he's been real calm and collected, and he hasn't changed this week any different than uh, last the last month few months actually so uh really with him he's making sure like he's really dialed into the game plan he was dialed into the game plan earlier this week even last week so uh with him he's telling us where we need to be uh he's telling us things that we need to see and there might be some things that we've missed like there's a couple things i've missed that i didn't even realize that he's told me in walkthrough so i know he's locked into the game plan he's gonna be excited i'm excited for him to go out there and lead us what are some things last thing what are some things about him that make you a better player uh his poise it's always great when you have a guy in the center who's poised. If something bad happens, something good happens, he doesn't get too high or too low. He may yell a little bit, but uh, it's great to have a guy who has poise and, you know, there's a guy out there who, will, who who you know will trust you. And he trusts all of us. He trusts us to make our jobs, and we trust him to do what he's supposed to do with his job. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think his poise, and obviously his accuracy is great too, but having a guy who is composed at all times is amazing. I mean, you can you can notice the accuracy. I mean, when he says, this play, this route, I need to go front shoulder, back shoulder, he might complete a pass, but he's still mad at himself that he didn't put it in the right spot so that a guy like you could get more. Yeah, actually, there's been times where, like, you know, I caught him on my back pad and uh, like, dang, I got to be better. And I'm like, 
dude, like, you know. It was, we got a first down. We got a first down. I mean, I didn't have to slow down. It was an easy catch, but uh, yeah. that's that's what makes him special. That's what makes him great. That's what makes him Matt Ryan. Because with him, it doesn't matter. Everything matters. And uh, with him, everything will always matter. So if he says he's going to do something, he will do it. And if he doesn't, he will be the first person, not a coach, not another player. He'll be the first person to be like, that's my bad. And that's, that's also really cool. That's Naeem Hines. Good luck coming up on Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate you. Naeem Hines, Matt Taylor right there here on Colts Happy Hour. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Uh, more of Matt Taylor coming up on the other side as well and my Forum Credit Union Question of the Week also coming up too. Colts Happy Hour on the back deck here at the Mucky Duck on a Bub Light Boo Friday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour, heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back, your form credit unit question of the week as follows. Lovey Smith, uh, Smith, I should say, is the fifth head coach in Texans history. Can you name the other four? Here's the answer. Dom Capers, Gary Kubiak, Bill O'Brien, and David Culley. David Culley was for one year this past year in 2021. O'Brien was there from 14 through 20. Gary Kubiak, 06 to 13. Dom Capers got it all started there with the Texans uh, from 02 to 05. That's your form credit union. Question of the week, Matt Taylor and rookie JoJo Doman. Come at you right now, Matt. Jojo, first of all, congratulations. What's it like so far from your standpoint being inside an NFL locker room? I mean, it's just football. It's just it's grown man football, which is really exciting. I'm excited to for this challenge. I'm excited to help my do my job to help my team win. And to just be a part of this is ultimately just a blessing in and of itself. So just taking in every moment, being present for it, and putting my best foot forward. You found out that you were you were going to make this team. You're on the roster. What emotions did you have? This is what you put in all the work for. So it felt very, felt natural. It felt like this is what I've been, you know, working for, visualizing, manifesting for more than just this offseason. So for it to come to fruition is it was just really humbling, and it was thankful. Um, you know, the God is listening. You know, whatever you put your mind to, you can accomplish. And this was just a testament to all those things. And it's I, by no means have I arrived, but I definitely think it's healthy to take a second and just acknowledge where you are. Like you said, you still have a long journey ahead of you, and you still have much to prove. But do you feel like to this point you have – prove some doubters wrong you know you prove some people going undrafted right I know you wanted to get drafted but here you are you're on an NFL team do you feel like you're playing with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder I always play with chip with on my shoulder I'm just a competitive dude it, it ain't about everyone outside of the lines like I'm competitive because I love to win and it's I don't play any harder or any any less or any more because outside voices like I think that's what you know, separates me from potentially other people is I'm, I'm locked into this game. And if you ain't affecting this game, you're not affecting me. Where do you feel like you've grown the most as a player from, well, let's go back to the start of training camp, from the start of camp in late July until now, where do you think you've improved? Honestly, just, I mean, everything you have to do, everything you do has to be efficient mentally, physically, uh, out on that field and off the field. So I think I just move with more efficiency. I mean, I mean, optimizing every second of every day because somebody's doing something somewhere to get a leg up on you what are you doing to do the same for them you know what I mean so 
I, I would just say overall, I'm just I'm just optimizing everything that I do on and off the field. I'm just putting everything that I am towards my work. In the, in the preseason, you were flying around, making a lot of plays, both on defense and on special teams. But let's start on, on defense. What is it about this Gus Bradley scheme that kind of fits you as a player? It's uh, it's just find the ball, <laughs> which is which is football in and of itself. But I mean, Gus Gus and the staff gets us ready. They they go over the assets and liabilities, and we always know you know what what we're probably going to get and what specific things can can hurt us in certain coverages and that's always nice as a player because you know offense isn't throwing the ball to you so you got to anticipate what they're doing what they're thinking why they're lined up certain ways what route concepts and gap schemes you know defeat certain defenses and they do an outstanding job of getting us ready for that what about some of the help from the older guys Bobby O'Karake Shaquille Leonard how are those guys helping and you know with Shaquille even though he's not on the field how has he kind of helped you grow as a young guy yeah I mean the older linebackers have been just tremendous leaders for these young guys I mean we had 400 drafted guys for OTA so they really they really just led by example uh you know Z and Bobby for the majority of camp were not only are the vocal leaders for the entire defense, but in the linebacker room, like, are telling us, you know, getting us right, telling us what we need to be thinking, you know, is are adding coaching points on top of the coaching points. And when you get that player perspective, it can make the world of a difference because we're the ones in the helmets out there. So that, that helpful hand um, from those guys have been incredible to, I mean, all of our growth. And you saw the undrafted guys playing in the preseason. We were flying around. That I mean, a some of that goes to show the leadership in that room. Has the speed of the game, has there been a notice on your standpoint as far as that goes from playing in the Big Ten to the NFL? Was it a noticeable difference? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's just no weak links out there. The, the threshold for weak links has absolutely been raised. So it's just like you got to be on your P's and Q's every play or else you're going to be taken advantage of. Uh, and special teams is no exception to that. So, which is fun. Like, I mean, every single play I got to go out there, I get to go out there and play with my hair on fire knowing that, like, my, my manhood, my livelihood, and my team are on the line here, which is it's exhilarating. Love that, right? My manhood. That's awesome right there. Exhilarating. JoJo. Goats Happy Hour, 93.5107.5. The fan brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Quick break, we shall return. High school football game of the week brought to you by CarX. Top of the hour. It's Brendan King, Jim Leisure chomping at the bit to get after Avon and Brownsburg tonight. We have it for you, top of the hour. 93.5107.5, the fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Hey, welcome back. I got to thank Todd Johnson here at the Monkey Duck. I've had an outstanding time. Thank you, Bud Light. Thank you, Zinc, around here. We're just getting started, scratching the surface of what's going to be a fantastic 2022 on Bud Light Blue Fridays. This reminder, too, Buffalo Wild Wings for me coming up on Monday. My show and that Colts reaction Monday downtown at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'll have another pair of Chiefs Colts tickets for you. Courtesy of Bud Light at Buffalo Wild Wings downtown on Monday. Hope to see you there. Another reminder, we're out on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. We're over at Bottle Works for the official Colts viewing party. 
We will be there. Myself and Bill Brooks, the former Colts wide receiver, we will give to you the Colts pregame huddle. The Gorman is going to be on the road in Houston, but we'll be at Bottle Works with you, again, for the official Colts viewing party at Bottle Works. That is coming up on Sunday, and I'll start things up with Bill at 10 a.m. over at Bottle Works. Dev, man, outstanding time today. Well done out of you. Uh, it's great to see everybody here. Olivia did an outstanding job. Music Mac, I'll talk to you tomorrow night on the JMV Takeover. Great to see Bill here. Olivia did a great job at working stuff. Kyle Udemark back there. Just a job well done out of you as well. Again, tomorrow night, B105.7, the JMV Takeover, 6 until midnight. I'm going to crank that thing up for you all request style again from 6 until midnight. Up next, Brendan King and Jim Leisure. It is the high school football game of the week brought to you by CarX Avon and Brownsburg. That is next on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Enjoy the game.